0: This is the Bill Kelly Show podcast.
1: We're going to have a number of people on the program through the course of the day today uh, from both sides of this, from the academic side, obviously, here at Mohawk. uh, Some of the students who have benefited from co-op placements here in the last little while, and, of course, some of the companies that have been intimately involved in this. And uh, we've asked uh, a number of folks to stick around. Lisa's going to hang around for a little longer, and so is Jim Vanderveeken as well. Uh, Thanks, guys, for hanging in here because I need to get your perspective on a lot of this stuff. And uh, we're pleased to welcome... Uh, gosh, Marty, you're almost my co-host when we do these sorts of things. Marty Verhey, of course, from uh, uh, our good friend at the Walters Group is with us. Uh, good to see you again. Thanks for coming in today. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the integration with Walters and, and Mohawk College and that partnership. That's that's a great success story.
2: So, yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about Walters over the last couple of years, but uh, in terms of uh, Mohawk College, we're, we're a local employer, and Mohawk's a local college, and we have a great partnership, and we... Hire lots of co-ops with the plan to turn them into full-time hires once they've graduated.
1: And uh, it, it's, it seems to me, I mean, when we did the program a couple of months ago from the Stody Creek campus, and we talked to a lot of those students and and some of the instructors down there too, this, this seems to be a, a partnership that is, to say the least, mutually beneficial, both for the Walters Group and for the students. Yeah,
2: it takes uh, it's a two-way street. So there's there's obviously significant benefits for us as. As as the as a local employer and working hard on maintaining a good relationship, like like anything, uh, pays off for us large and of course for Mohawk as well. Being able to uh, to to be involved in the programs and talk about things that work for us and don't work for us. So having a community college that's uh, willing to um, do what it takes to provide us with a great product so that's uh, it works very very well.
1: I want to bring Jessica Rinaldi into the conversation as well first of all thanks for coming today I to get you to lean right into this
2: Morning, thank talk to you. us
1: about your experience.
3: Um, so I'm in a student at Mohawk College I'm in the architectural technology program um, but I've been with Walters group for almost a year now um, completing a co-op placement and document control um, so, I'm in the engineering and detailing office there, and it's, uh, it's been a, a learning experience.
1: Tell me about, yeah, I want to talk about your first day there and the integration and, and meeting. I've been up there, and I know how wonderful these folks are at the Walters Group. Uh, I, I got to figure that uh, a little apprehension when you first got there, but uh, I don't think that probably lasted very long, did it?
3: No, everyone there is great. It's, it's a big company, there's definitely a lot of faces to learn, but um, everyone's very. Very eager to help, very eager to teach, and um, its I've definitely learned a lot. How did, how did
1: you find the placement? Did, uh, talk to us about that process when you got here and 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 the, uh, there's something going on at the Walters Group. I mean, how, how did you guys get together?
3: So I found out about the placement at Walters Group through um, Mohawk's co-op program. They have a, have a web portal that there's job postings for the students looking for co-ops and um, so I first saw the posting and I applied through the Walters Group website and ended up getting an interview
1: how, Lisa talk to us about the, the, the relationship and how you, you the, the foster those relationships between a company like Walters Group and the college as, as you guys come together
4: well um, as I mentioned earlier um, bill we actually rely of course on the industry uh, community um, a great deal heavily in fact um, not just for uh, coming to us uh, looking for co-op students and for graduates but also um, for input on, on programming so um, the program advisory committee meetings that um, that the specialists the co-op specialists attend um, we have representatives from from these um, from these companies that will come to the uh, the advisories and provide us with really meaningful information regarding um, you know occupational forecasting, um, different uh, um, you know different uh, trends in terms of the industry and, and what the students should really be learning to pre- best prepare them to assume positions um, with their company. so we get this information from those advisories but we also get this information from the visits that we conduct. So when I um, when I visited Jessica um, on the um, at th- at the actual worksite, I speak with the supervisor first, and I say, well, "How are things going?" And of course, things were going wonderfully, and uh, <laughs> you know, saying saying her praises. Um, but also, we also like to ask, "Is is there anything else that we can be?" we that we can be doing as a as a college to best prepare the students any additional skills um, is the technical training where it should be so um, so that the students and and we're we're obviously setting the students up for success and best um, preparing them um, as as we can as a college
1: in that regard then Jim uh, curriculum is probably it's it's got to be fluid then doesn't it I mean it's ever-changing you can't just say this is the way we taught it last year this is the way we're going to teach it this year Uh, It changes as you get that input.
5: Yeah, I think it's very important, Bill, that we make sure that the curriculum that we have for each of the programs, as Lisa pointed out, very well informed by the employer community. They are critical partners in the co-op process. We want to make sure, again, the experience for the student from the classroom to the workplace is seamless, that they understand the connections back to the classroom, and that they are understanding that in terms of the skill sets they're building, both in the classroom and in with the employer, are going to be working towards their professional uh, capabilities and their talents so it's absolutely essential that we make sure that we continue to review we continue to work with our employers and stakeholders and the students as well and make sure that that information and that curriculum and that the approaches that we take in the classroom are as current as possible in terms of meeting industry needs
1: there was a time Years ago, I remember talking to a, a guy that ran a company here in town, Marty, and he said, you know, I, I love the students at Mohawk, and but, you know, the whole thing is we hire them, but they come back, and then we have to say, okay, forget everything that you learned there, and I'm going to show you how to do it our way, uh, because, you know, everybody has their own idiosyncratic way of, of, of performing and, and making things happen. Uh, that step's eliminated right now because you're 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 molding them right from day one, aren't you? Yeah, I'd say that's a bit of an old yeah. old school way of doing it. Maybe um, as I went as, a as, a as, ago, sir, as I'm listening
2: to uh, <laughs> as I'm listening to this discussion, I think of one word, and I think it's involvement. Yeah, I think it's easy for the employer to sit back and say, Hey, this is what we need. But I think the employer, uh, just like the college, has to work hard uh, together to be involved. And uh, I think the more involvement there is with each other, the better the outcomes are going to be. Uh, you know, in staying current. Just one example um, is one of the technical programs here. Um, we have we have staff coming in from Walters to teach portions of of the of the course itself, right? So uh, we use highly specialized 3D modeling software and. Um, we can have someone from Walters come into the actual program and teach a, a six-week segment of that. And now we're instead of saying forget about what you've learned, let's just be involved in the learning and let's teach you specifically what we need, the skill sets we're looking for. Um, and then through the co-op process, bring people in, and then we've got we've got a perfect product with students that are already. Uh, well educated on some of the processes and systems that we already use.
1: Because there was a time, obviously, with education, and then there was work, and they were in silos almost. Okay, well, I, I got to do this, and then I got to go that. Those lines are gone now, aren't they?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We we uh, we really focus on the fact that hey, you know what, you go to Mohawk College to get a job, and that's uh, that's the way we look at it. And and in terms of of how important it is, this is this is definitely our most successful and most important feeder to our uh, to our recruitment plan at Walters.
1: How? What? I want to find out about how working with the Walters Group, Jessica, actually changed your approach uh, to the job and, and to maybe your career path. Did you Did you find that as you were exposed to more elements of, of what you were enjoying to begin with in, in that workplace environment that that it changed your, your perspective on what you wanted to do or how you wanted to do it? I
3: think. So. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think so. Um. I, going in, I really I thought that I wanted to get into the design side of things, um, more working you know in the modeling and that sort of thing but as I've one thing that's nice about Walters is I get to see uh, the whole process like I get to see um, the estimating process at the beginning of projects, I see the design, I see the project management, I see the um, how things work with the site, the actual construction mm-hmm. site um, and I think that the coordination between all of that is kind of what I I like and that's kind of what I want to get into.
1: So th- <clears throat> so that's really changed then obviously and that goes back to your point, Lisa, that you were mentioning in the first segment of the program here, that that exposure to, to different elements is, is, is very, very important in, in, in the, the education process here and exposing them to different possibilities uh, as far as their careers are concerned.
4: Oh a- absolutely, it's it's a, a really wonderful aspect of, of co-op because um, I mean depending on the program students have three, four opportunities um, and each opportunity is four months in duration so potentially that student could have four different opportunities with four different employers dramatically different work experiences Um, even if the student is with the same employer for more than one work term um, as they develop confidence and skill um, it will evolve so they'll be given you know additional tasks they'll perhaps be moved to another department and and have exposure to that department so oftentimes I'll speak with students and they'll they'll say to me Lisa no I only want to apply to these jobs this is what I want to do and um, I'll say you know what keep an open mind because these are all wonderful opportunities with excellent employers and oftentimes it's that experience that they would never have actually opted for that opens the door to an entirely different career than what they had preconceived for themselves. So it's it's, it's really an amazing process to see um, students, you know, trying on different environments for size to see where their technical skills and their personality best fit.
1: Jim, how do you maintain that, uh, that dialogue between the student and, and, the, and the staff members here? Uh, as we were talking about earlier with with Kirk Patterson when he was with us there on, on the program, he says, you know, the, the the professors, the teachers, the the instructors here, they're almost like father confessors, they're they're mentors, they're just. You, but you've got to have that relationship uh, back and forth, uh, so so that there's a free flow of information back and forth.
5: Yeah, I think it's very important that we uh, for Mohawk, it's been an investment in ensuring that the connection with the employer is absolutely vital. Uh, <clears throat> The co-op consultant plays a very important role in that connection, fostering that relationship, mentoring the student, but also mentoring the employer, ensuring the employer is comfortable and confident about bringing that student on. We're very diligent about the co-op experience. We want to make sure it is a very real experience for the student relative to their program, the discipline that they're working in. So we want to make sure that that workplace experience is as constructive as possible and it leads and supports the learning in the classroom, so that is very important. Now, as Lisa pointed out, the uh, program advisory committees play also a very important role in building that relationship. So we want to make sure that we're invitational. We want to invite the employer to be part of our learning community and to play that important and vital role in informing our curriculum, informing our program direction, how do we make sure that our programs are current within the, within the economy that we have right now, the, the uh, competitive economy, and that's certainly something that we do through building those relationships and building those connections. As Marty indicated as well, we invite employers into the classroom to make sure that they have a role actually within the classroom to engage those students and to provide that kind of information and provide that type of support.
1: Well, I found that when we were down at the Stony Creek campus, Marty and uh, you know
5: one of the staff members that was with
1: somebody I mean, from the radio station was uh, coming to one of the guests and said, well, "Now, do, do you work at, at Walters Group or do you work for the colleges?" Said, well, both really, okay. <laughs> because it's it's interactive. You know, up here, or down there. It depends on what what's needed at any, mm-hmm. any given time.
2: Mm-hmm. The uh, just again following up on some of the things we've just been chatting about in terms of the free flow of information and providing the opportunity for uh for the students. I know that's an important aspect to Mohawk but I think it's important to note that employers need to be thinking that way as well. And uh literally Jessica's uh literally just before we came onto this show uh 15 minutes ago, Jessica and I were chatting, and she's being very humble about it. But we have every intention to hire Jessica on into a role that she enjoys doing as well. So you come in and you see the different opportunities, and I think Walters is is great for presenting those different opportunities. So whatever you feel uh, based on what you what you know and where you want to go, uh, we we can provide those different opportunities, and uh, and we have every intention of hiring uh, Jessica on in, in a different department than where she's doing her co-op. So. Um, those, I think it's important for employers to realize that it's also, hey, we have to go the extra mile and work with the students too. It's not here's the need and that's where you go. Let's let's find a home for you that you're happy with a with a full
1: time career. We should mention that uh, we haven't talked about that, but let's uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room uh, Lisa. and that's money. Uh, these th- these students get paid while they're doing this, and uh, I, I saw one stat here that uh, Mohawk Co-op students have earned in excess of fifty three million dollars in work terms last year alone. Yes. Not too shabby.
4: <laughs> Not too shabby indeed. Um well Where these were are You guys <laughs> when I was going to school. <laughs> I wasn't here yet. I know. I know. Um, But, um, yeah, I mean, these are actual positions that employers have posted. This is a need in a company that that has to be filled, and, uh, you know, these uh, employers are looking for students who are serious, who are focused, who have have the training. The employers know at what stage they're at in their program, so what they're able to bring to the table, and, um, you know, these are competitive rates. I mean, they're they're entry-level positions, students, you know, it's a foot in the door, but um, what I always underscore to students in the classroom is, I mean, these are paid positions, I mean, in, in some cases, you know, people are volunteering for the same type of opportunity as you're getting in a paid capacity, and um, what you'll take away with you, you know, the the networking, the, you know, the learning, you know, the engaging with the employers um, will far surpass um, that rate. But I mean, in terms of in terms of that. Uh, you know that money. Obviously, that's going to go back to school. That's going to go to saving, and um, it's going to help them. You know, learn how to manage their money as well. You know, at this stage in their in yeah, their there's lives.
1: that student debt thing, isn't there, Jessica? That, uh, that tends to <laughs> add up a little bit. Yes, if you can sir, make right. a few bucks on the side while you're going along that path, that helps, doesn't it?
3: Definitely does. And and, get,
1: and and as as Marty was just mentioning, you get integrated into the system. It's not like, well, I've graduated now. Now I have to go look for a job. You've already had that exposure to the mm-hmm. marketplace, whether it's with Walters or with, with some other company like this. And the, more important they know you
3: exactly it's 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 definitely a strong relationship to build between you know the student and the employer and it will uh, make things a little easier upon graduation <laughs>
1: And, and it's almost like a feeder system, isn't it, Marty, to, to, to have this sort of a relationship with a, an institution like Mohawk College. I, I mean, the Walters group is growing exponentially over the last little while. We've talked about some of the great programs and some of the projects that they're involved in right now. Uh, and as they grow, it's, it's kind of comforting to know that, look, at there's a talent source right over here.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, feeding off one of the earlier points about the fact that it, they are important positions, well, speaking from the employer's side, they absolutely are. We have positions that are filled by co-op students, so if that co-op student isn't coming into that position, we don't have that position filled. So as much as, much as that's investment in the future and hopefully getting to full-time careers, it's definitely, uh, there, we, we have a handful of positions at Walters that are permanently filled by Mohawk uh, co-op students, so it's, it's it's also vital for our business, for our day-to-day operations.
1: Well, and what I loved seeing when when I was up there to see it, what was happening at the operation up on Rymel Road, too, is that this is hands-on experience, too. This is not like an internship or, or a job shadow where, yeah, you just sit there and watch me do this, and, and maybe you'll pick up a few tips. I mean, they're they're working. I yeah, mean, you've there's got right responsibilities there. with the tasks, for sure. I, I'm just looking at some of the jobs you've had posted up here, too, and, I mean, these are... These are this is important stuff. I mean, you know, computer engineering, technology, things of this nature. I mean, you're, you've got them right in there from day one, and they're working side by side with the people that have been there for years.
2: And that's that's the best. We feel that's one of the best way they've got the education down pat. They've uh, they just need to be integrated into our work environment. Like I said, it's just uh, you know they come on co-op, and we we kind of treat them in the fact that they're never going to leave. So
1: most of them don't. And that's <laughs> a that's a good news story. Uh, what's what's the uh, the attitude like when? Uh, When you go knocking on a door, Lisa, or do they come knocking on your door now because of the (laughs) success you've had here? I mean, success breeds success, and that word gets around pretty quickly.
4: Well, um, we do both, of course. I mean, well, we, we often have um, employers approach us, certainly. You know, we, we understand you have a mechanical engineering technology program. We'd like some students from that program for the summer, for example. But we we also seek out opportunities for the students as well. Um, you know, we, we want to, to poise them for exciting opportunities in the field. And we look for graduate postings as well, because uh, we post not only co-op positions, but graduate positions as well. And oftentimes, the co-op positions do lead into graduate positions. And it's um, it, it's a wonderful uh, thing to see when you actually have a former co-op student return looking for a co-op student, and this happens quite frequently. So um, so that communication continues. Um, you know we're seeking. You know we're we're engaging in the process of looking at opportunities. You know in and around the Hamilton area, but also outside of Hamilton, we have. Many students that are looking to out-of-province experiences as well. Some students will come to me with opportunities outside of of the country. And, um, you know, we want to certainly encourage students to look abroad if they want to look abroad. And and, and we research and best investigate those opportunities for the students before they, they actually assume those roles.
6: You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.
1: Over the next uh, three hours, we're going to talk with a plethora of people uh, that are going to bring us up to speed on how education is changing and how students are, are being geared uh, and, and channeled, I guess, uh, into their desired uh, disciplines and what they want to do with the rest of their lives uh, and getting them uh, ready to do that sort of thing. And uh, to that end, we're so pleased to welcome, uh, first of all, our host here, the president of Mohawk College, Ron McCurley. Ron, good to have you here today. Good morning, Bill. Thanks very much. Well, good to have me here, actually. Nice to be on the show and welcome. As it turns out, great to be back here. This place changes every time I come back up here this summer new going on and i noticed that just coming into the parking lot again today you're, you're building something again
7: we are so this is our uh... it's ninety six thousand square feet a net zero building called our joy center for partnership and innovation so uh... the demand is for more technology uh, graduates and so we'll be able to put another thousand students through our technology programs over the course of the coming years and uh... that's what the marketplace tells us they need
1: uh... you're running out of space here uh, but the, the the, the programs just keep on coming here. I mean, there's, there's something new, a new variation all the time.
7: Well, we're building higher this time. We're going an extra uh, floor and height because we are uh, pretty landlocked here and we are running out of space, as you say. So,
1: But obviously, I mean, the, the college is all over the place. I mean, the, the, the work that we saw when we were down at the Stony Creek campus uh, a couple of months ago now, uh, and you see how that's grown from the time that uh, that, that program started initially. Uh, but this is, uh, as you and I talked about in the past, Ron, this is really the dream of, uh, of what Bill Davis, the premier of the province of Ontario, had back uh, in the late 60s uh, when he decided on this community college program. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the vision that he had, and that that others that, that came after him had, is. is is exactly what we're seeing here at Mohawk.
7: It's such an incredible success story. So we're celebrating our 50th anniversary this year as uh, all the other colleges are as well, the 24 Ontario colleges. And uh, it's just turned out to be exactly what the uh, employers need in terms of uh, future ready graduates who have applied uh, learning uh, who uh, can go into the work world, who can take co-op terms, uh, and who can be ready for uh, for jobs uh, when they graduate. So we're, we're going to talk working. to some
1: of those folks uh, from the programs here and the ones that are doing this. I would like to know. I guess well, because I, I go back to 1972 when I started here at Mohawk. It's quite a few years ago. Uh, you all too young to remember that uh, on our panel here, but. Uh, the, the attitude in, in the community at that time, uh, when, when, when they decided to listen, this co-op program seems like a pretty good idea, but it, it doesn't work unless there's a buy-in from from the, the community itself and from the, 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 the possible and potential employers, does it?
7: Well, that's exactly right. We have uh, more than 1,500 employers who work with us, who uh, provide co-op opportunities for our students. It's a big deal. Uh, it's uh, incredibly meaningful, both for them in terms of them getting to see what students are capable of doing, and energizing the workforce as well as our students, obviously, who get the work experience and the income.
1: Well, you got to give the the ones that were on sh- board way back in those early days an awful lot of credit for buying into this, because I'm sure the first question they say is, "Well, what's in it for us?" Well, future employers, really, employees rather.
7: Well, in fast in fact, uh, Mohawk had the very first co-op program of any of the colleges back in 1970. So one of our uh, uh, management uh, technology programs at that time was the very first co-op program. Could you imagine sitting on the board at that time and saying, uh, we want to do this thing, we're going to call it co-op. It means we're going to send people out of the college before they graduate to get some work experience. Uh, I'm sure some of the board members thought we were crazy at the time.
1: (laughs) Uh, and well, okay, we'll go back to those days some other time. I want to talk to some of the other people that are involved in this right now too. We're on stick around for a few minutes. Uh, Kirk Patterson is here, employment at work. Kirk is a cooperative education and career action, uh, University of Waterloo, among other things. Great to have you here today. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Bill. And uh, also Jim Vanderbeek, and of course uh, Dean of dis- uh, interdisciplinary. I, I every word the word discipline just throws me off all the time, uh, but interdisciplinary studies, of course, and Lisa Dietrich, who's a co-op specialist uh, with the college as well. Great to have all of you here too. Uh, Lisa, you and I were talking just before we got on the air here, but about as, as Ron was just alluding to, the, the history of the co-op program here and how Mohawk was the first community college to actually do this. From those early beginnings, uh, let's talk a little bit about how it has evolved and where you are today.
4: Well, uh, Bill, thank you. I'm very, very happy to have you here at the college today, first of all. Um, we actually have uh, 25 uh, programs here at the college um, that are co-op based. So that means that uh, there's an intensive co-op preparation that, um, that is actually takes place with all of the students. Um, for example, we have uh, business marketing, co-op business um, uh, you know, advertising. We have... Uh, We have the uh, mechanical engineering technology program, architectural, civil engineering, so 25 programs that are actively working um, with the cooperative piece. Which means that uh, those students are prepped. They have five intensive weeks of uh, in-class training with one of us, uh, a co-op specialist, and we prepare those students through um, creating their resume to sitting an interview. And those students are introduced to uh, Career Ready, our online uh, job posting portal. And uh, very exciting process for students. I mean, it's a very intimidating process for most too, because it's uh, it's the first time that students will actually have. The opportunity to, uh, you know, to explore their field and to to come to understand what uh, what it will actually mean to to work in industry, and that's terrifying. And it's terrifying to sit interviews, as we all know. So um, so those uh, no, no matter
1: where you are in that <laughs> paradigm.
4: So true. So um, those intensive um, weeks of preparation are important, but um, but certainly students are engaged in the process and who are working diligently to, um, to actually actively seek positions and, and communicate with their specialists. Those are the students that are really going to get a lot out of the program because they're focused, they want to start applying their skills to an actual real work environment, and they want to start interfacing with the, uh, the industry, um, so that they can actually have meaningful relationships, build partnerships, diversify their portfolio. And um, and you know really come to um, to actually start thinking about uh, their career and where they want to be after graduation. So it's truly a transformative process, and I see it so often how students will actually come into the class extremely terrified. And uh, I'll go visit them because we do visit the students when they're out in their work term, and uh, the confidence and uh, the transferable skills that they're learning, the communication piece. Um, they've been texting, now they understand how to actually, you know, uh, conduct themselves in meetings and, and present information. It's, uh, it's truly an amazing process. So it continues to grow. Um, the number of students in our programs continue to grow. And uh, we have many international students that are participating in the program. So it's, it's really an exciting thing to be a part of here at the college.
1: I can remember, Kirk, the first time I walked through these doors here uh, in September of 72. I uh, Intimidated, shy, nervous, uh, apprehensive about an awful lot of things. And, and one of the key elements, to, and, and I think Lisa just touched on this a second ago, was was the staff, the teachers here. Uh, these are not just teachers. Uh, oftentimes the, the, the instructors, the people that are focusing on the students right now, are, are mentors for these students, aren't they?
6: Very much so. Uh, I had that same feeling in 71 when I walked through the doors at Fanshawe and started my program, so a lot of them were right out of the industry. Or working part time in the industry and teaching part time. So, for example, in my uh, situation, I took a law program, and a lot of the lawyers were still practicing and teaching at the same time. So, you know, over the years, it's changed and to the base where you got more full time professors and that. But basically you're bringing in the staff that uh, in the college system that have already had that hands-on experience and they're imparting it to the students. And then the students take that knowledge and put it to work in their co-op jobs.
1: That's, that's a big part of it, Jim. And, and again, I'll, I'll just go back briefly to my experience. I mean, I was in communication arts here. Uh, Norm Marshall was there. Of course, Norm was still doing television news on Channel 11 back in those days. Uh, Doug glenn was teaching us journalism. He was still writing for the Globe and Mail at that time as a, as a political reporter. Uh, Baden Langton was uh, jetting down to New York on weekends to work for ABC News. And and when you have that interaction with people that are there, I mean, these are faces and names that you know, and and that that really really I think helps the students get engaged in this right now because they're feeling hey, we're learning from some of the best.
5: Yeah, absolutely Bill. I think what we're really focused on is making sure we're connecting the classroom to the workplace, making sure that students have that opportunity to uh, ensure that they can uh, connect the theory, uh, connect all the learning that's, uh, that is happening in the classroom back to a workplace environment where they're working within a team, they're working closely with professionals and they're gaining that incredible experience. Uh, certainly contributing to their own skill sets, also contributing to uh, the employer's uh, competitive needs. And so that that integrated learning opportunity, what we call work integrated learning opportunity, is essential. And I think what it does as well, Bill, is it brings the student back to the classroom once they've had that experience and they come back into the classroom they're a highly motivated individual, highly motivated learner. They understand the context of what's happening in the classroom, and uh, that is certainly something that uh, creates a, a really uh, positive environment for them in terms of pursuing uh, their, uh, their credential here at Mohawk College.
1: But that's, that's part of that evolution, isn't it, uh, really, Ron? When you look at what's going on here at, at Mohawk, but even in, at, at universities now, too. Uh, it's not just classroom learning. I mean, oftentimes you you go to the classroom, you go to the institution, you go to the classroom, and it's it's almost an abstract uh, exercise because you know you're not getting that practical experience. But with the co-op program, you're out there. It's all integrated. Classroom, of course, has got to be part of that. And it's an important part of it. But that hands-on experience from the the, the professionals uh, that is is inspiring. I would think as people get involved in this and they say, Hey, I can do that. I could be there too
7: province calls it uh, work integrated learning and uh, one of the goals is to try to get more and more students into a work integrated learning program so that they get the, the practical application of the theories that they're learning in class and i think that's uh, been all our hallmark as a college from the very beginning uh, all colleges uh, the applied learning uh, aspect of it and uh, it, it is so much easier for many students when they are hands-on and get a chance to put the theory to practice and get to uh, to really have it cemented into their mind uh... in terms of uh, how it, it's supposed to function by by doing it in a work environment and so that's a benefit it's it's clearly uh... one, one of the things i think that sets colleges apart from from any other post-secondary learning institutions
1: how uh, how how do you prepare the students for this this is a big leap lisa when when they come through here and go into this program uh, as i said uh, you know <laughs> When, when Kirk and I were just reminiscing about our early days here in, in community colleges, uh, it, it can be a little bit intimidating. Uh, magnify that by X number of times because, of the fact, now you're going out into the workplace now. And that can be intimidating. Uh, you know, the, the, that self-doubt, am I ready for this? Can I handle this sort of thing? And th- that, that's got to be part of the preparation, I would think, too.
4: Oh, absolutely, Bill. Um, what we do uh, rely on um, throughout the uh, co-op preparation process is our, our employers uh, through, through that step as well. Because we ask them to come into the classroom, and we ask them to speak to uh, what they're looking for in a resume, what they're looking for in a successful interview. Um, and it's not just about obtaining employment, it's about maintaining employment as well. So what types of things in the workplace should they be thinking about doing, should they be focusing on to be successful? Um, we we offer the students the opportunity um, to engage in mock interviews. So. Um, They'll come into uh, to the uh, to co-op services. We'll shake their hand. We'll sit down with them, and we'll actually go through the process of interviewing them. Um, we encourage them through other tools online um, to, to actually practice the interview as well. Um, I find that the interview is probably the most uh, the most terrifying, and and what students really need to to work on, and it's just confidence. It's like anything, sure, yeah. you know, you really just need to um, you need to practice, you know, whether it be with an aunt and uncle, a cousin, um, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and just sit down and go through the most commonly asked questions. You know, how do I respond to, you know, what is my greatest weakness? What is my greatest strength? What do I say? You know, how do I prepare? Um, and it's it's about analyzing that job posting and really getting a sense of what strengths I bring to the table and speaking confidently about those strengths. Um, I think a lot of students feel that they're bragging. That's what I get a lot in class, oh, I feel like I'm boasting when I speak to my communication skills or what I've done. And and it's not about that. It's about providing information to the employer so they can make an informed decision about uh, whether or not you're the right person for the position or if they want to take it to the, to the next step and take you on a tour of the company. So those preparation classes, I think, um, you know, they're mandatory, they have to be there, they have to listen, and they have to engage and ask me questions. That's that's the purpose of the co-op specialist role.
1: One of the other elements that uh, happens oftentimes, Kirk, is, is when you get into that workplace environment, uh, you get exposed to different facets of the job, and, and Lisa and I were talking just before we started the segment here, oftentimes you'll go and say, I'm going in this direction now, I thought I wanted to do this, but I kind of like what's going on over here. Yes, that's quite
6: common. Um, I can recall, you know, when I used to do site visits, he'd be talking to a student, uh, one of the first ones I ever did when I was with Waterloo. And with was Waterloo in the role. I uh, was talking to an engineering student working for uh, a water resource company, and all of a sudden he started talking about mining. And I'm going, well, okay, you're in this, but you're now talking about what's the interest. And his passion was geology. So he says, you know, I've done a couple of co-ops in this field. I don't like it. I want to take it a different direction. Am I going to be too late doing it? And then we, I said, No, you've got time. You got two more work terms. Let's start thinking. How can we find you a job in mining? So quite often students will do that. And. Uh, it's great when you see a student finally realizing, hey, this isn't for me. I'd much rather a student make other changes while they're on a co-op work Oh, absolutely. As opposed to trying to say, Mom and Dad, look, I got a degree in this. Can you give me another $25,000, $30,000? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start in this field now.
1: You sound like you've had that conversation. Uh,
6: well, you know, exactly. I did it with my son. You know, he yeah. didn't know what he wanted. So I told him to go to the college, take a general arts he decided, I want to end broadcasting, so he took broadcasting, and now he's with CTV, so See? he knew what he wanted after he spent a year basically uh, you know, doing general studies, so it does work.
1: But your point's well taken. I mean, you're right, and before these programs existed and before students had that kind of exposure, oftentimes they get frustrated and say, I think I'm in the wrong area here, and, and they'd quit, they'd leave.
6: Well, that's part of our role, you know, as the co-op consultants. We've, we not only are the uh, uh, facilitators uh, while they're on the job, but we have to become the, the priest, the doctor, the lawyer, <laughs> uh, the parents. I quite often said to parents, look, your role is done you got them into the door, now let us look at do our job and get them through this education pathway. And it's uh, taking on that role up parenthood and do it again in order to help these students cope with so many facets of learning what happens on the job, understanding the social network and, uh, and employment, understanding all the nuances, you know, uh, the games that go on in a workplace. So it's quite, uh, quite the role. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.
1: We're celebrating the co-op programs here at Mohawk College, and I want to bring in a a couple more folks that have benefited from this. Well, the city of Hamilton, I guess, in a couple of different incarnations. Hamilton Police Services Sergeant uh, Chris Button is here. Good to have you here, Chris. Thanks for coming in. Morning. And uh, with you is Aaron. McHenry. Okay, and you're a cadet.
8: Uh, I'm an auxiliary right
1: now. Okay, all right, so that's one step up. Talk to us about the program that's going on here at, at Mohawk College and how it, how it works with Hamilton Police Services. Sure. Um, Aaron was part of our uh, Mohawk
0: College experiential uh, learning program that we implemented last year. We're doing it again this year. It's um, part of our uh, part of their APS uh, students that we selected. Uh, we had 10 of them come to our program last year. And uh, they got to do a variety of uh, of functions uh, with us uh, for four days, and I'll let Aaron talk about that a little bit. Yeah,
1: let's talk about your experience.
8: It was awesome. We got paired with a new sworn that had just returned from OPC, um, and we got to sort of mirror and shadow them uh, as they did their scenario work and ambush training um, and all of their use-of-force training.
1: Have you been to, to police college?
8: Uh, No, I haven't, but they had just returned from uh, from Ontario Police College, and we got to sort of be paired with them while they came back for their in-house training.
1: Because because that education component, Chris, is a big part of this, and I know Hamilton Police Services are intimately involved with what goes, of course, uh, at the police college as well, and you've had a number of uh, officers that have actually been seconded up there for periods of time as well, and then come back here and share those experiences with uh, with students like Aaron, obviously.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, aaron actually went to uh... university as well and then she did the advanced police uh... studies program so we really uh, are looking to uh... hire from the police foundations as well as the advanced police studies program here at mohawk they do a great job at training uh, all their
1: students also with us is our, our good friend dan mckinnon of course from the city of hamilton uh... public works manager uh, great to see you again we've been on the phone a bunch of times but you're a busy guy down at the city Uh, what with fixing the Claremont access and everything. so Good to have you here, Dan.
9: Morning, Bill. How
1: are you? Uh, Great. Also is uh, Roger Zog, who is a student from Mohawk, who's involved with this. Uh, First of all, Roger, uh, tell us a little bit about your story and how you got working with the city of Hamilton through Mohawk here.
10: Well, uh, first of all, I was uh, in urban planning, which I did two years here. And then following that, I uh, couldn't find work. So I uh, entered into civil because they had a
1: co-op and uh, that's how I ended up here. So you got that exposure. Exactly. Now, what about the, the, the relationship Dan between the city and, and Mohawk College when it comes to hiring and, and, and mentoring and, and, and to this degree with, uh, with guys like Roger?
9: Well, I think the uh, co-op program at Mohawk College and the public works department certainly in other areas of the city the relationship has existed for decades. I I, I'm especially pleased to be here today because I'm a graduate of Mohawk there College with a co-op program in civil, just like uh, Roger will be shortly. So, uh, yeah, certainly over the years uh, uh, in public works at any given time, we might have anywhere from 20 to 35 co-op students working with us on everything from uh, engineering design to construction inspection to uh, a more, more these days is app development around uh, some risk management tools and that kind of thing. So there's a real... A wide variety of opportunities that the public works department and the city at large can provide to co-op students from Mohawk College.
1: You, uh, I want you to contrast and compare, if you could, uh, the tools that you had to, to use when you were learning here at Mohawk College as opposed to what Roger is now. Things have changed a little bit.
9: Yeah, just a little. Uh, <laughs> I, I think one of the most profound changes that anybody in our industry might have seen was back when uh, I attended Mohawk College, just the instruments that we would use for surveying um, and, the, and the leveling uh, devices they were uh, uh, by today's standards, extremely primitive. Now uh, surveyors can use total stations and GPS and use coordinates. So the amount of effort that goes into surveying and doing the um, in, in initial designs on construction projects is far more advanced, certainly, than it was 30 years ago.
1: What about opportunities uh, for, for a guy like Roger or others that are in the program here at Mohawk College? Uh we, we all know from the budgetary standpoint, I don't want to get too deeply into that today, but you know, there's there's a concern, obviously, about those sorts of things. But at the same time, you look at what's happening in the city here right now, uh, there's a lot of development that's going on, there's a lot of growth that's going on, uh, there's, there's things that need to be done here. So it, it seems to me as if there's, there's a place here for talented people in, in the, the city department, especially in public works.
9: And yeah, I, I certainly agree. I, I think th- the fact that Hamilton's going through a bit of a renaissance uh, with respect to development, uh the fact that the provincial government is uh, compelling us to to stop sprawling and to grow and intensify uh that just creates a lot of pressure and demands on and and you need really bright people with a lot of skills to help you get through those ins- uh issues and solve those problems so more than ever we need uh people who are educated and uh who are creative to uh to be looking to Hamilton as an employer it seems a
1: similar situation i think chris with uh, with hamilton police services uh when i went to high school i basically after grade 10 you could you could apply as a cadet, and and uh, eventually, as you became of age, of course, you could go over to the, to Aylmer to the police college, and bingo bango, you're on the police force all of a sudden, but. Uh, the qualifications and what your expectations are for, uh, for students and, and for potential cadets uh, like Aaron and others like that have changed significantly over the years, haven't they?
0: Yeah, they have. Um, long long gone are the days where we would probably hire somebody just with a high school education. Um, since I've been in our recruiting unit, I, I can think maybe two that haven't had post-secondary. So we're looking for definitely the post-secondary college or university or in, case Aaron, in Aaron's case, uh, a combination of both.
1: And it's uh, it's it's a different kind of job now. There's uh, there's a, a skill set. There's a kind of individual that you're looking for now too, isn't there?
0: Yeah, it, you know, you have to be uh, so flexible and and so uh, well versed at, at everything in terms of just you know being able to talk to people, but also uh, you know good communication as well as being good on a computer, or anything like that. Obviously, the crime is, is changing uh, all the time, so we have to be.
1: Uh, definitely uh ready for that yeah well you mentioned communication skills let's talk a little bit about the paperwork that goes into this that's 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 that that doesn't get mentioned in the interview does it but that's a big part of your job
0: it it definitely is uh probably about you know five percent of it is that excitement and and adrenaline and 95 is is the paperwork which is obviously very important
1: what's yeah talk to us your experience there and has as you've been doing this right now how how it's changed your perspective on this and 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 where you want to go with it
8: well, I, when I first started out with my exper- experiential learning program, it was awesome. Um, you get to meet a bunch of new people, you get to socialize, you get to network. It basically taught us how to be professional, and it opened up doors for me to become an auxiliary or a cadet as well. Uh, a couple what was that of friends, like? Well, it's, it was great. It, when you started the experiential learning program, it is an interview that you, you have to go to in order to be hired on or accepted into the program. And then from there, they asked us if we wanted to uh, become an auxiliary, but it's still another interview process, so continuous co- uh, interviews and to get hired on.
1: All right, and uh, w- talk to us about that interaction when you're actually uh, w- w- out there working.
8: It's great. Well, I actually, um, right now I get to do uh, ride lanes, ride-alongs with uh, police officers, so I get to see sort of what the role is. Um, I get to meet a lot of sergeants and uh, other officers and sort of network in that way. And I get to see what the job is like, so it's, it's incredible.
1: And what do, you, do you like it? I it. Are you I having love fun? It.
8: <laughs> yes, yeah? hopefully one day I'll be hired on as a constable.
1: That would be fabulous. Yeah. What about your uh, work experience, Roger, as you've gone through this? What what's, what are you doing for the city right now? How's What's, your, what's your, the responsibility? What's the job?
10: Well, my responsibilities was to... Uh, sort of represent the city, uh, be the eyes and ears, uh, and uh, uh, help with the integrity of the contracts, um, and anything that my mentors, contract inspectors, uh, had me do, like uh, measurements for payments. Uh, safety was always uh, a big thing, always watching out for safety, making sure that book seven was followed and any of their safety procedures are,
1: are followed. Now, you you changed streams a little bit. You you mentioned you were in urban planning for a while, and you were into this one. Uh, How difficult was it to make that kind of a switch?
10: That's a good question. Uh, It was was quite difficult. Um, I didn't find work in urban planning. Um, I looked for about a year, and I thought, okay, what are they looking for? And they're looking for experience, and I didn't have any. So I thought, how do I get that experience? And civil has, you know, the opportunity to have a, you know, a 12 month co-op broken up into eight months and four months. And I thought it's a no-brainer. I've already got some of the similar courses, and so I just made the jump.
1: Did you talk to some of the folks here at the college about that that you were yes. thinking of switching over? And, and how did they help you?
10: Well, I, I talked to Rocco Carbone, who was the uh, pro, uh, the coordinator for mm. for civil, and uh, he recommended that I take some bridge courses that I didn't have and uh, the rest is history.
1: Where are you on the, in
10: that, that process right now? Uh, currently I'm in fifth semester and I'm going back with the city of Hamilton for my summer co-op starting yeah. today.
1: And Dan, uh, you, you mentioned that there's opportunities here, how many how many students would you be having uh, on staff at any given time from the college here in, in different disciplines?
9: Uh, Well, in public works alone, uh, probably anywhere from 20 to 35 uh, during any co-op term. Uh, Certainly the uh, summertime is more uh, oriented towards the construction industry, so we get very busy in the summertime, and the work that Roger does is very helpful to us because uh, uh, we we have a number of contracts that are going at any given time, and and, and we need somebody on site to do those inspections and to not only... uh, kind of from a technical perspective, but also to liaise with the uh, the residents on the street because, you know, a lot of the construction work that we do is very invasive. It's very disruptive to the street that we're on. So having that kind of uh, communication with the homeowners is really important too.
1: So public relations is part of your job too, isn't it? Yes, it is. you, you've <laughs> you got to assuage some of the concerns of neighbours that say, when are you going to get that thing off my, uh, my street? You know, I can't get up and down the street. Yeah. Yeah. And on and on it goes with so things like that. Uh, but, but that goes back, I think, to, uh, to the point that Chris was making earlier too, about, about communications. And, uh, this is both these jobs and, and basically one of the undercurrents, I guess, of just about everything we've talked about here is communication skills and being able to, to get your, a message across, but also to listen to, to residents. And, uh, just as, as, as Roger has to listen to residents and say, okay, we've got some concerns and take those back. Uh, police officers doing the same sort of thing too. This is very much a communications business, isn't it?
0: Oh, it's huge. Uh, It's one of our essential competencies, is what uh, what we call it, and and it's required. It's through the Ontario Association of Chiefs of Police, Um, and it's it's one of our uh, interview questions that we have during one of our ECI interviews, and um, you have to be able to
1: demonstrate that you have good communication skills just to get hired. Well, it looks like you do, Aaron uh, you, you, you seem pretty energized by this. You're having a lot of fun?
8: Yeah. Well, it, that, that's why I love the co-op and the experiential learning program. It's a great way to show that you have those communication skills and those skills that they're looking for in a police officer or an auxiliary police constable or cadet.
6: The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900
10: CHML.